Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Well, this podcast is called Revival from the Bible. So let's talk a little bit about revival this morning. What does that mean? Well, Often when we talk about revival from the Bible, we're speaking in a personal sense. We're talking about a sense of renewal and restoration and even how our souls should feel revived every single day as we spend time in God's Word. But the word revival has often been used in a much broader sense to describe really a mass movement of the Spirit of God. I think that starts with God's people seeking God's face more than ever and having a sense of assurance in God's work in their lives and that spreading really throughout the world and seeing many people turn from sin and put their faith in Christ. And many times throughout history, we've seen revival come to regions or revival come to nations where there is a a movement of renewal within the church and also a movement of revival among the lost as many of them really join the church and turn and seek the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I am praying for revival in the United States of America. I am praying for revival in the world right now. I want to see the world turned upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, that's actually kind of a phrase and an idea that we see today in Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. And I think it's going to provide us a good opportunity to step back and review a little bit from the book of Acts so far. So as we get to Acts 17, remember yesterday, Paul and Silas are set free from jail in Philippi. Well, today they kind of continue their journeys through modern day Greece and they come to the city of Thessalonica and they preach as was Paul's custom in the synagogue on the Sabbath. They're testifying to Jesus Christ, um, but The Jews, again, become jealous. This is a theme that we're starting to see throughout the book of Acts, and they form a mob, and they haul Jason, a man who had been an associate of Paul's, they haul them before uh, kind of the, the courts there in the city of Thessalonica, and look at what they say. In verse 6, Acts 17, 6, towards the end of the verse, it says, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. That's one of my favorite books, or favorite verses in the book of Acts, when it accuses them of turning the world upside down. Remember, go back to Acts chapter 1. We've got 120 people that seem kind of frightened, locked in a room together. And over these 17 chapters now, we've gone from 120 people in a room to the world being turned upside down. Wouldn't you love to see that in our time, in our nation, and in our world? Well, how did it get there? How did they see this revival happen? How did the world get turned upside down? Well, we know, obviously, a big part of that is the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2, and now there's a new age, there's a new era really 
in the life of God's people, what we refer to as the church age. And we see the gospel advancing through the church, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's kind of from God's perspective. The Spirit is doing things. But what was it that these people were doing? And that's where I want to go back to Acts chapter 2 to remind us what were the things that these early Christians were devoted to. Because if we're going to see revival in our day, I think we need to see commitment and devotion to these same things. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Right. And, and these are the things and we've talked about this on this podcast before, but I think it's one of those things we need to come back to, because if our goal is revival from the Bible, not just personally, but nationally and globally, then we need to keep coming back to these things. And then there's the four things there. The first is the apostles teaching. Well, now we have the apostles teaching recorded for us in the New Testament. So really, what does it look like to be devoted to the apostles teaching? For us, it looks like being devoted to the scriptures. Are we people that know the scriptures? I don't think we're going to see revival in this land until we see a revival of people reading the Bible and hungering for Bible teaching and preaching and people knowing the Bible. We live in an age where there is so much biblical illiteracy, right? People don't know and understand the Bible. And too many of those people call themselves Christians. We need to dig deep again into God's word. And then the fellowship, right? These people we see throughout Acts were clearly devoted to one another. In an age that is so consumeristic, where everyone's focus is on themselves, man, we need a church where the focus is on other people. And in fellowship, we reach out and care for one another. And the breaking of bread, I think, is a reference to the Lord's table, which really, if we think about that, it's a commitment to and a devotion to the gospel and remembering what Jesus has done for us. May we never move past the gospel. May we never move past and uh, a devotion to and a remembrance of Jesus Christ and him crucified and him risen again. And they were devoted to the prayers. One, one thing we see throughout the book of Acts is people devoted to prayer. And I think that's one of the missing ingredients in our society where for so many people, prayer is a forgotten part of their lives. For many churches, devoting themselves to prayer is is something that's not really on the agenda. And may it be on ours, both personally and in our churches. So let's renew our commitment to these things, to the scriptures, to real, genuine fellowship, to remembering the gospel and devoting ourselves to prayer. And I think if we do those things, we might just see the world get turned upside down. Another thing that I think it's going to take for the world to get upside down is for Christians to have a certain perspective. And I think we get a a flavor of that perspective in Psalm 27. So we finished that today, Psalm 27, verses 7 through 14. And I love how this psalm ends. And we see David has had... Um, clearly some conflict that there's been enemies that are surrounding him, but in them, he's not going to be afraid because the Lord is his light and his salvation. And and he gives this incredible statement of confidence at the end of the chapter when he says, I believe 
that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is an amazing statement for David to make, and I think it is a statement that every Christian needs to be able to make and to say with increasing confidence. I think one of the hardest things to do is actually kind of simple, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's always easy for us. One of the greatest struggles in the Christian life is simply, do you believe God is going to be good? Do you believe God is going to be good? And David here, he, he doesn't clearly expect that all of his circumstances are going to be good. I mean, a reminder of verse 2, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, right? When armies surround me, he's expecting some intense trials in his life. But he is saying, even in the midst of the trials, I'm expecting that I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And then he goes on to say, I wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And in the midst of all this, his focus really is not on his circumstances. His focus is on seeking the Lord. Verse 8 says, You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Right. And we know from chapter four, that was, or from verse four, that was his heart. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. His focus is on seeking the Lord. And we need more of that in our Christian lives today. Waking up every day, no matter what the circumstances, and saying, I'm expecting God to be good today, so I'm going to seek him first. And I think there's a connection even between that and our next passage as we go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 12. And here we see another back and forth between Jesus and the Pharisees and the Sadducees where they demand a sign and he's not giving them a sign except the sign of Jonah, which I think is a reference to his resurrection. But then there's this interesting conversation between him and his disciples where when when they get to the other side, they realize, oh no, we haven't brought any bread. And Jesus says in verse 6, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so he's talking about something uh, spiritual. He's talking about their teaching. Beware of the false teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But they are confused thinking, oh no, it's because we didn't bring any bread. They're, they're so caught up in, oh no, are we going to have something to eat? Did we forget bread? Uh, 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 they're, they're so caught up in that that they missed the point spiritually. And Jesus has to correct them and explain what he means and remind them, why are you worried about food? Don't you remember when I fed the 5,000? Don't you remember when I fed the 4,000? And I think that's kind of where we get back to this idea of David, that the disciples were kind of focused on the wrong things. They were seeking good circumstances instead of trusting that Christ could provide and really keeping their focus on spiritual things. This last weekend, I was very blessed 
to spend some time in Kansas ministering at a a summer camp and then sharing the word on Sunday morning at Grace Bible Church in Hutchinson, Kansas. And it was an incredible time just sharing fellowship with some believers there. And one of the highlights was interacting with a group from that church that is planning to go out from that city and that area to plant a church in another part of Kansas. So we were able to talk. I was able to learn about what they were doing and they were asking questions about our experience at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And one person asked me, you know, what are some of the unexpected things or the things that were hard or the things that you were worried about? And I just shared that as I reflect back on this church planning experience, I have seen God provide time and again and again and again. And I kind of shared that as I look back Too many times I'm worried that I spent time being worried about the wrong things. I spent too much time being concerned about the wrong things. I spent too much time basically asking, how is God going to provide for this? Instead of trusting and knowing God is going to provide and I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to set my focus on spiritual things. And that's what I think we see here in Psalm 27 and in Matthew 16. We need to trust that God is going to be good to us. And so we don't need to worry about that. That can free us to seek the Lord. That can free us to focus on spiritual things. That can free us to serve others. Let's spend our time being concerned about those things and trust that God will be good and help figure out the rest. Well, finally, in Leviticus 14, you got a long reading of the process and the procedures of how someone was purified if they were cured from leprosy, and even the process of what if leprosy got into a house. And again, this is something that seems very distant to us, but I want you to look at this passage and just to even think about the process that they went through if they were cured from their leprosy. And it was a process that involved sacrifice and and these offerings that they would give to God. And I want us just to step back for a moment and think, what do we do when God heals us from our diseases? Now, I doubt any of you listening to this podcast have had leprosy before, but we've all been sick. Maybe some of you had COVID. Maybe uh, you've had other extreme illnesses in your life. Maybe some of you have been through cancer or maybe something more simple. I just had a stomach bug that kind of knocked me out for a day last week. When we get better from those things, do we give thanks to God? And even as we talk about leprosy, it reminds me of the 10 lepers that Jesus cleansed and only one returned to say thank you. So again, while we're not offering sacrifices on altars at a tabernacle, when we recover from disease, may we offer to God the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And may it bolster our confidence that our God is always good. And since we have that confidence, may we spend less time worried about our physical needs or temporal things and more time seeking God, seeking his face. And as we seek his face, may we see God work through his spirit to bring revival. I hope that we see the world turned upside down. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.